You're listening to the Bible 126 podcast. Time inexorably moves on. Only the eternal word abides forever. God has given us a calendar. And I often am asked by somebody sitting in an audience to be very philosophical. And they say, what is time? And I give them a very simple answer. It is this. It is a calibration of change. You measure change, whether it's the clock or whether it's the calendar. Time goes on and we measure change and time is that necessary component in that. But as I ponder the whole reality of change, I keep thinking of how the swirling emotions take over through those process of changes. We never know what news lies ahead. And this is not to paint a grim picture, it's just to remind us that time inexorably moves on. We have things that come and go, and the chart and compass must come from our Savior, who will pilot us through the most treacherous areas of life. And that's the promise He holds for us. And so what are the three changes that come to us that bring to us this reminder? The first, you may think is obvious, it's so obvious that we miss it. It's coming from non-existence to existence. There once was a time where you were not, and then there was a time where you came into being. It is David who says this remarkably, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! You and I are in the thoughts of God. How vast to me are these thoughts! How precious! How fearfully and wonderfully we are made! David said that, and his son Solomon said, God's ways are as mysterious as the pathway of the wind and as the manner in which a human spirit is infused into the little body of a baby while it is yet in its mother's womb. David goes on to say, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above thy heavens? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings have you ordained strength. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, your name is of value because of the name of the one who formed you. His signature is on your soul. His signature is on your soul and mine. This forming that God gives to us for a purpose, just think about it for a moment.
He made you so beautifully unique that he made you for a purpose. He brought you from non-being into being. You are not the random collocation of atoms or accidentally on this blip of time. You were designed specifically for a purpose by the living God. And if there's something that I think you ought to do for yourself this year, pause and ask God, what is it he's made you for? Wasn't it Mark Twain who said two of the greatest days in your life? Number one, the day you were born, and number two, the day you find out why? Why were you born? When he's put his signature on your soul, See, we as earthly parents make a lot of mistakes. We all do it. Our Heavenly Father doesn't make those mistakes. His signature is on your soul. He's called you, fashioned you, brought you from non-being into being. About two years ago, the man who led me to the Lord who brought the Bible into my room, some of you here know him, Fred David. I spoke to him, he was in Los Angeles, and he was literally a few days away from breathing his last, and he phones me. And with a broken voice on the phone, he tells me, Ravi said, sometimes I think I came into this world just to bring that Bible to you. I said, Fred, you did a lot more than that. But you see, the purpose that God will use you for, you have no idea how he can use you as salt and light in this world. Whether you realize it or not, you're an influencer. You influence people. And he brought you from non-being into being. This exclamation mark, this thing we call life, spoken into existence by God. You were brought into being from not being on being. There was a day where you were not, and all of a sudden you were. Find out the purpose for which he created you. That change from non-existence to existence is wrapped up in your individual entity. You are not a quantity. You are an entity. God has a specific purpose for you to fulfill. When you find that out, your last breath will be one of delight in saying, I'm waiting for the divine accolade. Well done. And just like with Jeremiah, who was from his mother's womb, had been anointed and appointed by God. God had a plan for his life. God has a plan for your life. But not only does God have a plan for your life, Satan has a plan also. Amen. And Satan's plan doesn't just start once they bring you into this world and smack you on your booty. No, his plan doesn't just start there. But from your earliest conception, Satan starts working his plan too. Amen. And and, and the the thing about it is, whose plan are you going to follow? Whose plan are you going to execute in your life? You see, in order to follow God's plan, you've got to talk with God. Not only talk with him, but hear his voice. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, I open up my heart to you. I know that when you look at my heart, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to change 
in my heart. God has a plan for you. And, and, and no matter how successful we become in this world, it doesn't amount to anything if we wind up missing glory. If we wind up in hell lifting up our eyes because we decided that we were going to execute our plan. But I want to know what God's plan is for me. I want to know what God has in plan in mind for me, what he intends for me to do. Only when I follow God's plan will I find ultimate success. And ultimate success will wind up in glory with the king. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. I want to be able to walk those streets of gold. I want to be able to, 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 to see Jesus for myself. And that's God's plan for every last one of us. To remind you that I do have a plan for you. And my plan is good. It's not evil. I want the best for you. I want those things that are good for you. God said, I got a plan and I'm thinking about you all the time. You are my heart. You are my people. What is that translation? That translation is simply this. The day comes where we bid this earthly world goodbye and we are welcomed into the heavenlies where we are getting that glorified, that new body, that incorruptible body. We must all be there at some moment. But we realize that the translation comes and it's a moment that we do not know of, but it will come. My good friend Paul Valentine, who preached in Stowe, Ohio, was speaking at his at, at a funeral that I was attending, and he tells the story of his father, who had passed away some time before. He said, I remember being in the ambulance and driving to the hospital, and his father leaned over and said, Paul, I recognize where we are. We're right by the bank, aren't we? And he said, yes, Dad. He said, you know, I have something in there. I have some accounts in there. Paul, I want to tell you something. All of a sudden, it doesn't mean very much. Take it, use it. Yourself and the grandkids. But it doesn't mean very much anymore. I've never forgotten that. You can be on your way to your own death and go past all the institutions that you trusted. And you say, it doesn't mean very much anymore. So what abides forever? It is that relationship that God has promised you, the relationship that he wants to give you. And that's why Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, grave, is your sting? Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can see more podcasts on anchor.fm 
forward slash Bible 126. Also, there is a feature there where you can sponsor or make a donation to this page. Thank you and stay tuned for more episodes.